Welcome to the Stickers on the Mic podcast brought to you by StickerGiant.com, where we talk with our customers about how they started their business, how they're marketing their brand, and how they're growing their company. If you're joining us for the first time, welcome. And if you're a regular listener, thank you for your continued support. As a bonus for all of our listeners who want to try us out, head over to StickerGiant.com and use the coupon PODCAST to take 20% off your first item. Without further ado, it's time for the Stickers on the Mic podcast from Sticker Giant. Let's get on with the show. Hey, everybody, and welcome back to Stickers on the Mic. And we are very fortunate today to have two podcast hosts from Hello Blink Show. We've got Sean Hemel and Harris Kinney. And these are two gentlemen that I met, actually, at Boulder Startup Week a couple weeks back. It was, everything went virtual, and I was able to sit in on a marketing session that they conducted, which was very entertaining and very creative. And, and that was when I said, you know what, why don't we get you all on the show to talk a little bit more about marketing and, and drill down uh, into some of, some of the more... Um, nitty gritty than you can really get into in a panel with, you know, 30 people on a Zoom call at Boulder Startup Week. Um, of course, Boulder Startup Week is a long-standing tradition here in Boulder. It's one of the first startup weeks, one of the largest, longest-running, and robust ones in the world. And uh, we were very fortunate that that organizing team was able to pull it off. For folks um, who know that scene here in Colorado, check out our episode with Andrew Hyde and F. Rodriguez of Glider, the folks who run that event and other events that Sticker Giant sponsors. But wanted to say thank you to Sean and Harris. Thank you so much for joining us today. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having us. So you guys decided to come up with a podcast, but usually it, some something leads you to wanting to start a podcast uh, at whatever previous experiences you had or whatever you're doing in your life at that time. So before we dig into the show and talk Hello Blink, um, just navigate us a little bit of your sort of professional journey and um, how you ended up where, where we are today. Yeah, well, so Sean and I connected when uh, in past lives when he was at SparkFun and I was working for Lulzbot. And uh, SparkFun, you know, does electronics and lots of awesome different products that are based in Boulder. And uh, Lulzbot makes 3D printers. And so when SparkFun started carrying the Lulzbot printers, we got connected with their team and they're both just different open source companies. And I was doing uh, sales and marketing and Sean was doing uh, more like technical content. So we connected that way uh, and then just kept in touch. Uh, and years later, um, I had started my own business and Sean started his own business and we, uh, were discussing doing like an online event in October, last October for open hardware month. And basically it was like a webinar where it was specific time, specific place. And there was a lot of interest in the idea of sort of this, uh, sales and marketing growth content for technical people. And Sean can speak to this more, how a lot of technical conferences usually just talk about their technical stuff and their products and engineering and not about the business side. And we had fun with it, but there was a lot more interest in doing more of that. And we decided to do a podcast because it would be more accessible for people versus having to attend like a one-time webinar that was sort of locked in time and space. But the, the, the difference on talking about the business side versus the normal engineering stuff, I think is what has been really interesting so far. And if you want to talk about that, Sean. Yeah, absolutely. So as Harris mentioned, we met while I was working at SparkFun and he was at Lulzbot. And I, at the time I had started SparkFun doing engineering. I was doing board layouts and programming to make, help them make products. Eventually I moved over to marketing. I enjoyed doing content. So I was, um, I wouldn't say in charge of, but I was 
you know, in my world of doing engineering type of inbound content and down marketing, um, where I was making videos, making blog posts, tutorials, just any content I could using spark fun stuff. And I started to learn a bunch about marketing. You know, I'm no marketing expert, but some of this like technical developer inbound kind of stuff, um, I got pretty decent at, and that's where I started launching my own business to help other people do this kind of thing. Now I generally still produce my own, my own videos and my own content, but that's kind of where we, we ended up. And as Harris said, we reconnected for open hardware summit, ran this, ran this webinar. And what we found is there was a small amount of interest. Um, but a lot of people couldn't make it at that time. And that's where we got the idea of, Hey, let's do a podcast. Cause then people could listen to it asynchronously and we could have this, you know, large a library of things they could go back to and listen to specific topics. And we'd want to get other people on the show to interview what they've been through and their experiences. So we wanted to spread the word. And what Harris mentioned is that I, I've proposed marketing or sales type of topics at tech events before, and they always get shot down because they're considered generally too soft skills. That's not interesting. But then anytime I talk to people, they always come and ask me like, Hey, how did you start your own business? how did you do this? I'm like, there's an obvious need for it, but everyone's getting turned down. And the tech people I find don't go to like the business development type of conferences. So there's a gap and that's where we're kind of trying to fill in this gap. That's awesome. And you mentioned two awesome customers, actually Lulzbot and SparkFun. We've printed many of theirs. I feel like I even wrote a blog post about Lulzbot a few years ago or some long Facebook, Instagram thing. So that's fun to see those names out there because it's a great part of our community uh, here on the front range. Um, but that's a really interesting point you make about how a lot of the startup weeks, they try to have a track for that stuff, but it's so, uh, siloed, right. And, and all these startup weeks are talking about breaking down silos, but then the programming alone kind of silos stuff off. Right. Yeah. By nature of making things interesting and getting specific targeted stuff for, for the attendees. But I think uh, as you, as you illustrate that creates sort of a gap of, of understanding and also a lack of connection sometimes for those, those kinds of groups that really need each other, right? Engineering and development or business development, uh, you know, they kind of don't exist in, in a vacuum. Right. Um, so that's nice that you're able to try to bridge that gap. So, um, you all decide to sort of team up and do a business growth podcast, which is kind of awesome. That's what this one's sort of about, but focused on, on the customer base of sticker giant. How, um, what, what kind of topics and what is your strategy going forward? Cause when you launch a show, you have to have like sort of a launch plan, but then scaling it out and really getting it, you know, to have some legs, uh, requires some effort up for both of you all and, and a lot of collaboration, of course. Yeah. So, well, it's interesting because, you know, we had worked for other companies in the past and now we do work on behalf of clients, but this is something where we're building something that's our, our own. And so it's interesting being sort of on the execution side of something that's yours and sort of in the, and, and having ownership of that. We started with our like immediate network, people who knew us, uh, Sean especially has a, a really big following just because of the, I'll brag for him. He's a humble guy, but I will say he has a really big following from his really good content. Look him up on YouTube. I mean, the stuff that he makes is great. And, uh, it, it really explains very complicated things in a very simple way. Um, and so that's kind of like the first, uh, well, the first, the first customer was us like, Hey, did we have fun recording those episodes? Is this enjoyable? Do we think this is interesting? And that we thought so the next one was our immediate sort of network and connections. And now we're sort of in the third phase, which is sort of the friends of friends, those next connections out looking at early data, seeing when are people dropping off to, is the show length 
too short, too long. Uh, we signed up for a talk, obviously, Boulder Startup Week to kind of get in front of new people. Um, we had su- planned on doing Open Hardware Summit, so we ordered from Sticker Giant a bunch of stickers with our show logo, and nice. those are going to go out, but the goodie bags got delayed there. They all landed in New York and then everything shut down. <laughs> yeah. that like, we've been thinking a lot about that because event stickers are huge for us and we want to still, you know, provide that for these communities, but like there's so much logistics to figuring out how to reach your constituents in this current situation. So thank you yeah. for the order. <laughs> that's really yeah, cool. Yeah. <laughs> that's so, awesome. Yeah, it came out awesome. And so they're, they're, those bags, those show bags are still going out. So from a distribution perspective, like for a sticker giant, like, that order is getting sent to one place still, presumably if conferences are still doing goodie bags and then the right. conferences seem to be handling the, okay, now we're taking 300 bags and sending the 300 different addresses, but maybe we, not. I don't know. Yeah. Who knows? That's hard for them. Maybe it's like a self address. I don't know. I we're actively trying to make sure we can stay in front of those groups because it's just so great. I mean, it's fun going to a show and I mean, there's so much useless stuff on those tables. Like who needs another keychain light clicker when like a sticker is like way low cost and goes forever and it doesn't need batteries, <laughs> you know, <laughs> like anyway, um, so, <laughs> I'm so, sorry, uh, aside on that, uh, th- I, I, I love the event side and that's how we sort of met. So that's why, uh, it's, it's, it's exciting to have this conversation. Um, I'm looking at some of the episodes on your show, though. You are able to get some guests on there, which is really cool and, and requires some coordination. And 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 how has that experience been for you all, uh, like doing doing this same kind of interview, really? Yeah. So what we found is interesting is because normally you're you're a solo person show, right? Like if right. you have a guest on, you can ask them questions. It's back and forth. And what makes it interesting is because Harris and I are two hosts, and usually with say one guest. Um, Harris and I will have a back and forth. So we've got some episodes where it's just he and I talking. Um, but when we have a guest on, we kind of have to coordinate. So beforehand, we'll you know write up some questions. One of us will generally take point and be like, oh, mm. I know so-and-so, so I'll take point on this. Or, or Harris developed this contact, so he'll take point. And he kind of does the questions. I'll go through and look, add my own. And you know, sometimes we send them to guests, sometimes not, depending on what kind of what we want to, you know, how how flow, how much flow we want to get into with that that person. And what we found is it works pretty well. And usually because we record on video, um, we don't release the video, but it helps us. Like we're on this zoom call right now. We use like Google Hangouts and one of us can like, like signal to the other that like, Hey, I want to jump in with a question and it sounds pretty natural, but we've got kind of these like tells that we do with each other that the guests, I don't know if the guests pick up on it or not, but one of us will be like, Hey, and we'll let the other person go. So we've got this for now, which is kind of funny, but, um, and I, I will say there's lots of great podcasting tools out there. Like you're recording a Zoom call. There's Zencaster, all these others. Harris and I, what we're doing is asking people, we'll get on like Google Hangouts. We're asking people to record locally, whether they have, they've got a separate recording device or just through their computer. And then they send me their raw audio because I find that sounds better than trying to just take what was off of Zoom. Um, and then I go into Audacity and I do all the cleanup for, you know, syncing the tracks. Well, you yeah. know, I have everyone say like, go like the clapper kind of thing. I'll sync the tracks, try to remove noise, any ahs or ums. Um, so I end up doing most of the audio and then we've got somebody who like generates uh, show notes for us. Oh, nice. That's awesome. That's a cool process. Um, and there are many services like 
podcasts are really, they're, they're not new, uh, but they're having yet another moment, right? I mean, we just see the news that Spotify buys Joe Rogan for a hundred million dollars or whatever, right? Like that's astonishing. And it shows that there's still a market for this and people really want to know about this stuff. And if you can find the right niche and the right audience and the constituents, you know, you can, uh, you can really create some cool connections with people. I I've really enjoyed, especially in the last couple months, kind of moving this whole experience into my world. Um, my own world, my personal world, it's, it's hard, right. But it's also still fun. And we get to have this connection, <laughs> right. We're able to like, and, and I, I, I don't even know where you guys live. Like, where are you broadcasting from? I'm in new Orleans. See, and where are you here? <laughs> I'm in, I'm in Denver. See what I mean? And so, and I'm in Longmont. So like, that is the beauty of this moment too, for podcasts as well. Um, you know, there's nothing like being with somebody in person, but you know, Sean, you're able to live the life you want to live and, and Harris as well, uh, which is pretty cool. So speaking of living your own lives, you have outside of the show that you co-create, you have your own sort of spheres of influence and, and work that you do. Can you talk just a little bit about that? Um, again, you talked about your prior experiences, but what are you doing now and how are you working on the business and growth side for, for your own you know, world. Yeah. We'll start with Harris. <laughs> so I've, my practice is focused generally more on the sales side. I work, my customers generally are founders or small business owners, uh, seeming to be, uh, getting a lot of traction with bootstrap companies. I've worked with some venture capital back companies, both currently and in the past. Um, but I'm enjoying working with bootstrap companies. Uh, personally, I think it's, it's just a very different dynamic. And basically it's sort of riding alongside when they're looking to grow, either they're entering a new market, introducing a new product, or maybe sales just isn't going well. Um, you know, there's the one thought of, well, I should just hire a wizard, hire a very expensive VP of sales or something like that. Who's going to like turn the ship around or whatever. But a lot of times you don't know who you need for that. You don't know like, okay, you want to hire someone with a lot of expertise, but like in what, like, do you want to go through channel sales? Do you want to do more enterprise deals? Do you want to improve your web sales? And there's not one person that can do all of those things. So I'm a generalist. And so we can kind of explore that and do that customer development work to try to understand better. Okay. Here's the bridge to maybe making your future investments on the sales side. Um, and then, you know, you can't hire an entry level person necessarily because they don't really know a lot about maybe how it works that, you know, your founder or business owner probably knows more about selling your product than someone who just got out of college. So I, it's basically like a bridge to help sort of organizations where they are now. And then generally on the revenue side, selling more profitability, but sometimes it's just sort of, um, managing the business and running a business is really hard. It's very lonely. Um, it correct. is, that is correct. You know, yeah, it's tough, you know, and people <laughs> get in running our business, but anything that requires yeah. you to do it, it's you. Yeah, exactly. It's very isolating. So sometimes, you know, I'm just like there to listen and talk about like, Hey, why are you really doing this? And you know, they have an idea of wanting to hire a bunch more people. And it's like, do you, do you want to hire a bunch more people or do you feel like you have to? So part of it is like, I, I don't know if it's coaching as much as just like listening and sort of asking uh, questions that are like, Hey, doesn't like approving payroll suck. Isn't that like really exhausting? Like, do you really want to add payroll expense? So that, that's part of what I do too. Really quick, I want to rewind just to where you started, just so you can, I want a definition. I, I know what this means, but explain to our audience, what is a bootstrapped company? Oh, sure. Well, so it's actually really funny. Uh, okay, so first, first uh, bootstrap company is a company that grows through essentially customer financing. It's like a, the way historically companies start, the founder maybe puts in a little, 
sells their first set of products. They make money from that. They take the money, they reinvest it. Um, so it's a that's play sticker on the, giant story. We always say we use our customers' money to grow our business. Yes, we don't exactly. take outside investment. It's the best way to get. And that's not a cynical phrase. It's just it's a philosophy of yes. business. Yes, exactly, exactly. And there's no whatever. There's no right or wrong way. I mean, probably a wrong way would be stealing money to start a business. That sounds wrong. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> For like you wrong. Know, paving a <laughs> paving a wildlife reserve and yeah. doing like strip mining and something is probably <laughs> sounds, you know, not sounds good. terrible. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, but the funny thing, just side note about the pick yourself up by the bootstraps thing, is that uh, that phrase was actually a joke. Like, it's not possible to pick yourself up by your bootstraps. It's like a, it used to be like when that saying came around like hundred years or whatever, it was a joke. You wore boots and you had straps that kept your pants on so you didn't get dust inside your clothes. Yeah. Yeah. And it was like physically impossible to like pick yourself up by them because you can't pick up your own self. Right. So I thought that was a funny, uh, and, and you can't do it on your own. You have to do it with customers in this case. Right. But anyway, that's the term that people use. And I didn't know sticker giant was bootstrapped. That's awesome. I think it's a really good way to grow a company. It's been working for us so far. I mean, we, we've since added one other part owner, but that's not just money that comes in that is not sort of actualized, right? Or, yep. or returned back to that shareholder. It's not, it's not like that. Uh, thank you for sharing that, Harris. Uh, that's cool. So that's what your shop is, harriskinney.com, just so folks who are listening. Um, and that's also where you sort of grow business through your consultancy, basically, the Kenny Consulting Group. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And the podcast cool. is just kind of getting in front of new people telling, you know, I think, you know, and Sean can speak to this and what he does next, but you know, I don't see us having like millions of listeners what we do is kind of niche. It's yeah. for sort of a, anybody who wants, anybody's invited, but most people are probably not going to listen. Like my wife does not listen to our podcast M- and I don't really expect does her not to. Listen to our podcast <laughs> that I produce in our bedroom. No. Yeah. And that's because that's she's not a small business owner looking for marketing tips or, or, you know, in the case for you guys, like early sales or like, you know, legal or, or whatever, you, you know yeah. what I mean? So, uh, thank you for sharing that journey with us. Uh, as Sean though, um, talk a little bit about what your current venture is, um, you know, and, and what you're up to. I mean, your, your site itself, uh, is Sean Hemel, H-Y-M-E-L.com. Uh, and that's you in a nice bow tie. They're looking very Bill Nye like, um, but what exactly are you up to these days other than the Hello Blink show? So my, my primary business now is I create videos for other companies. And I would say, you know, it can be any content. Um, I prefer to work in video. That's my favorite medium. And, but I've written blog posts. I've done tutorials. Um, I've, I've, I've even got a current one that's a, that I'm winding down as a coding contract. So I just, you know, a programmer for hire, somebody I met locally, um, helping them out a bit. And, at first I thought I wanted to go into, you, know, you look at my website right now and it's due for a refresh and it'll say like, Oh, I'm a marketing advisor. I thought I was going to go into more of a consultancy role. And I've been re I've been rethinking about that in the last couple of months, you know, as we're all trapped inside and I, I want to go more into more of a teaching role. Um, nice. And I've got an Arduino class out on Udemy and I've had that for two or three years now. And it generates a, you know, steady stream of income. It's not a lot, but it was, you know, right at this point, it's made up, it's made enough money that it's been worth my time. Um, And it's like, okay, this is an interesting passive income idea. I seem to get good feedback on this. So that seems to be a better fit for me rather than trying to take on more of a consultancy role to help with marketing. Cause um, somebody like I, you know, Harris is a much better marketing guru and sales growth person than I am ever will be and probably want to be. So if for most of your like actual growth questions, Harris is your person, go to Harris. Um, I, I specialize more in like 
creating creating evergreen content for developers and like like really niche like like the maker market around yeah. um, embedded systems or some of the professionals who are looking to get in an embedded systems or up their embedded skills whether that's firmware development board layout and some electronics so it's it's fairly niche in that realm um, so I create a lot of content around there and I've moved from doing like maker style projects because there's a lot of content out there and I love them. I love watching all the the makers of Mark Rober, Hacksmith, those guys. I love the stuff that they create. Um, I'm not nearly as creative, but I would say I'm a pretty good teacher when it comes to that. So I focus more on that. And my biggest client right now is DigiKey. So I've been doing a lot of stuff recently with uh, machine learning on embedded systems with them. And I'm trying to learn machine learning. I'm still new at it. And I'm trying to get it on embedded systems because that seems to be the big nut to crack right now. Um, a lot of people really have quick, tinkered with it. Yeah. Really quick, you keep saying embedded systems. Can you define that again? Because that could mean different things depending on what world you live in. What, uh, and then we'll get into machine learning, which is a very different <laughs> topic. But just give us a really quick, like, uh, like a dictionary.com definition of embedded systems. Sure. Embedded systems are any computer devices that general like may or may not have a screen but it's usually something that's not a computer it's not your laptop it's not a server it's not your computer so like a router is considered an embedded system um your phone is considered an embedded system your smartwatch, any small sensors your microwave all those things are embedded systems and it's usually consistent consi consists of microcontrollers and single board computers, um, which requires a different type of programming and interacting with them. And they're meant for controlling electronics rather than say your computer, which is meant for like an end user type device. Let's get on the internet and browse. Okay. Nice. That's awesome. Um, thank you for that. Just to, we'd like to break it down. You know what I mean? Um, so that's all really cool, like sort of added on top of what you then are able to bring into the show. Right. Um, because now, you got to find your guests. You got to find your content. You got to find your networking opportunities, what you're doing. Um, you know, you're, it's, it looks like you're about 10 episodes or so in, I don't know what you got in the bank, but how does it look and how does it feel? And how's it going on the show? I mean, or like, is it what you thought it would be or, or like, what did you go? You know what I mean? Like you went into it with one idea. Where, how's it going now? Uh, yeah, <laughs> I'll take this one. It, I, I think it's going about as we expected. Harris and I did a lot of planning up front. Um, I think we were hoping to see a little more growth, but we are seeing growth. And to me, any growth is good. So if it stagnates, that's a problem. Uh, but I'm looking at specifically, it's hard to, like, what I'm finding is it's really hard to judge, say, like your number of subscribers, because people could just use like RSS and I have no clue. Um, I can kind of look at like Spotify and iTunes to see number of subscribers. But then if somebody just streams it from the site, I have no clue. So what right. we can do is say, okay, how many people are downloading in the first day or in the first seven days, which we have metrics on. So what we're seeing is that those numbers are slowly increasing um, where we started at with like, maybe was it like 40 downloads in the first week, you know, and now we're up to like 70 or 80. So like, okay, we're growing. That's good. That means there's interest. And we've had, and the other thing that validated what we're doing is we've had um, a few key players in the industry reach out to us and say, Hey, we, I really like what you guys are doing. Here's some feedback. Here's what I'd like to hear, you know, keep doing this. Um, so, so like Chris Gamble from the amp hour, he's like, you know, uh, well-known in the tech circles as a, as a big podcaster or the electronic circles at the very least. And uh, he reached out to us and gave us some feedback. And he's like, look, you guys are doing a great job. Here's some podcasting feedback um, that might help you. What I've learned over the 10 years of doing this. So that kind of validated that like, hey, there seems to be a need, especially in like in the electronics world of engineers not really understanding what's needed for uh, business 
marketing, sales, because um, I notice a lot of people when I talk to them, they always seem to have these ideas. They're like, I just don't know how to get it off the ground. Right. Um, so validate it. It feels good. I'm having fun with it. Um, so now Harris and I are trying to grow it and get a little more uh, audience uptick. Nice. Um, I noticed you have a newsletter. That's a cool little like supplemental piece. Is that mostly just to alert people or like what, what is the strategy around that? Because as we know, podcasts can be found in multiple places. You pointed out an issue of like someone streams from the site. It's not as easily to track. And, you know, we all kind of face those problems in the podcast world. Measurement is, is by far the biggest gap, right. To, to plug, unless you're spending a lot of money, like if you're on Spotify or whatever, um, and one of their preferred partners, but you know, how does that newsletter product look for you guys? Yeah, the newsletter really just complements the show. Not everybody listens to podcasts or has time. I've had the experience of like, there's a podcast that I like, but maybe I don't keep up with all the episodes, but I, I do find what they're talking about to be interesting. Um, so, and it gives us another place to sort of plug interesting things that are happening in the community, things that our guests have worked on, maybe blog posts they've published or contests or giveaways. Or uh, We've also started doing listener questions and that gives us a, a place to field listener questions. So that seems to be working pretty well. Social has been a good channel. Twitter has been a very good channel for us in terms of growing the audience. I mean, one surprise has been that we have listeners in 25 countries, which really surprised me. I wasn't expecting there to be that type of interest outside of the United States. I mean, probably 80% of our listeners are in the U S. Um, so there have been some interesting things like that, that I, I don't know that either of us saw, um, coming in the beginning, but has made it, made it more fun. And the guests add a lot of value. Like we have some upcoming episodes on, like we talked to an attorney, we have an upcoming episode with uh, someone who does business banking. Uh, we're going to talk to an accounting type person. And I think these are the types of conversations that people don't necessarily think about when they're wanting to start a new business. But when you talk to a business owner, like this is the stuff that they actually think about all Yeah, the time. I wish I had known kind of, you know, yeah, yeah, exactly. Make sure you trademark this thing and get this dialed in and exactly whatever the case may be. Depending exactly. On we talked a ton about trademarks in that episode with, uh, with Mark Tyson, who's himself like kind of an entrepreneurial attorney. So we tried to have people from those spaces who kind of fit the mold. Yeah. Um, the, the banker that we had there, it's an employee owned, uh, local bank. So, you know, and, and so we try to have people that sort of understand the mindset that our listeners are where they're coming from. Yeah. So, uh, I want to jump in here yeah. because what I notice is that a lot of people, we think entrepreneurs, we always have these mindsets of like, Oh, I'm going to be the Steve jobs. I'm going to be Bill Gates. Right. Like we're like, you know, these, these yeah. unicorns that like, you know, once in a lifetime show up and make billions of dollars. And it's like, well, no, but you can like the chances of that are super, super slim but that doesn't mean you shouldn't go out and pursue your own business. So one of the other things that I like to think about is that in addition to the guests that Harris is talking about, we have other people on the show who are successful business owners or are just starting and have been through all the struggles. And we're like, that's somebody, that's what people need to hear. In my opinion, you know, you can go read, you know, the Steve jobs book or what Bill Gates recommends for reading. And, you know, once you make your first $40 million, maybe that's useful, but, how did Bill Gates get started to running his own business? And in today's world, it doesn't look like it did, you know, what was that back in the, the 70s, 80s? Like, it's just a different way. We can. There's lots of tools that make it easier for us to do it. You can be a solo entrepreneur and still make it. So one of the things is getting people on the show who have been through it and they can talk about that. And like, you know, I'm just getting started. I'm two years into my business and these are the things that I'm thinking about. And I think that's really um, to me, I want to share those stories. I really want to share those stories of people who are just now starting and kind of making it, um, and hopefully inspiring others. 
oh no, we need some inspiration right now. Let's face it. You know, yeah, um, for sure. If you look at the SBA stats, yes. I mean, most, most of the American economy is based on small businesses. I mean, the lion's share of capital sits on top of some major companies, whether it's Apple or, or Google or whatever, but all of those companies then use the services of those larger companies to, to really create economic growth and, and fuel local communities and, and, you know, that's where you're going to go buy pizza. Or you're going to go buy your craft supplies at a local shop if, if you can. And those are, of course, former guests of ours, and we want to promote them as well. Uh, but, you know, we're doing obviously as much as we can right now to promote local. And um, it's tough, right? I mean, spring of 2020, very few people went into this second quarter saying this is what it's going to look like, right? And, and there's been a lot of shifting of the ground, and we're all sort of trying to respond to that. And I was curious, without weighing down the conversation, because I do want to inspire people, have you noticed when you're talking to folks in the last few weeks, like what, what kind of insights are you getting? Because we see what we see in our business, but uh, we're also seeing a major pivot to, to products that like hand sanitizer and stuff like that. You know, that's kind of our world of providing labels for things and, and stickers for promotion. What, what are you all seeing in, in the kind of conversations you're having? I'm very interested in that. Mm-hmm. It's interesting if, you know, it's a couple of different things. So, you know, working with business owners, it's an emotional journey. And I've definitely had a couple of conversations where they're like, I don't know if I want to do this anymore. Like I'm wiped. Like maybe I should just go work somewhere else. Even though like the business is doing fine. Fundamentally customers are engaged. They've been responding really well. They're being very nimble. And I think that every business owner, or at least many question that. And I think hard times like this, I mean, you're lying to yourself if you're not like at least wondering like, Hey, is there an easier way for me to just like pay my bills? (laughs) I've been doing this. Um, and you know, I would say, you know, like I'm definitely not a fan of the like hustle porn thing where it's just like, get out, like rise and grind. Like you should be working 26 hours a day. You know, it's yeah. I just don't think it's sustainable. I, I, I get, whatever. That's like a whole separate conversation. So but it's a whole industry in and of itself, right? Exactly. It's the self-congratulatory work culture that w- those of us who are now working from home have spent a lot of time on computers are like, this is not the life that totally. And there's a lot life. of wreckage from that. You know, like there are people who have a very vested interest. You know, if you're, if you're betting on horses, right, you want every horse to run as hard as possible. And if nine out of 10 of those horses turn into glue, you don't really care, right? Like it's just like, you just want the one that wins. And I think there's a lot of like wreckage that happens all about the payday. We're running these companies who, if they're not one of the winners, you know, it's like they end up in debt. What happens to their families? What happens to relationships with their kids or their pets or their whatever, you know, anyway. So I think that people who are running with their pets, I don't want to be, you know, uh, ex, uh, exclude anybody. The real cost of coronavirus, the domestic yeah. animal population. Yeah. Think, you know, think about the plants, you know, are their plant house plants. Okay. I don't want to exclude Those work anybody. plants. I've, there were, there've been stories in the Wall Street Journal about work plants and it's like yeah. depressing, man. Carnage. <laughs> so, yeah. So, you know, I think some people are struggling and especially, especially these businesses that really rely on, you know, weekly daily sales to keep going. But I do think that um, people are adapting. Um, I've seen some businesses be really, really creative, uh, working with a gym who switched to all remote programming. I mean, they are seeing members who are not able to make continue payments because they've lost their job or whatever. They've seen members who say like, look, I'm paying for a gym. I don't want to 
just pay for online workouts. But in general, they're hanging in there, I think, really well and, and reopening is happening. But I think it's been challenging for people. Um, but I think people are adapting. And then other industries are obviously really, really busy. Uh, I've got some clients who are like busier than ever. And I've talked to like electricians, sprinkler repair, plumber, yeah. all those types of like trades folks. And like Home Depot is like slammed. So there, right. it's, it's very interesting to see this shifting happening. Um, I'm actually optimistic overall. I don't think that we're going into like food lines around the block in every city in the country for five years or anything. I think that I, I actually am optimistic about where things are going, um, but maybe that's naive. No, I, that's what, there's a lot of reporting on that, right? And I mean, we also have to project confidence in the business world so that people are confident, right? And that's yeah. sort of the catch 22 of, of this day and age. And um, I do not have a crystal ball. I do know that the business that I'm so fortunate to work in has, has continued to pace and, and has, has been able to provide a lot of those industries you just mentioned. They, they still need those, whether it's labels or stickers or, or, or whatever business support we can provide them in, in what we're in our capacity. So I appreciate that uplift, though. You know, we well, that's kind of what we're trying to do here on the show, too, is celebrate that positive story. So thank you, Harris. I appreciate that. Uh, Sean, did you have any uh, sort of insights you've been getting recently? Yeah, I, I, a number of the people we talked to on the show um, were very fortunate enough to be able to work from home and continue basically as normal. Um, the one interesting we had is, uh, I think, episode eight, where we talked to Joel Murphy, who uh, worked with a company out of New York City to make these emergency ventilators. Right. Um, now, they call it the Spiro Wave, I right. believe, and it, and it helps give oxygen to patients um, not in a true ventilator kind of way, but kind of like an ambu bag squeezer. And he was just fascinating to talk to. And uh, he he uh, really stepped up his game because he he works for himself and he was able to carve out some time to go assist with the um, design and manufacture of this device, which was, device, which was based on the MIT's event design. Um, it, he was just fascinating to talk to. That was a fun episode. This um, is fascinating. This is sort of that leveraging the maker community and they've done a lot to 3d print mask face, you know, shields and, and all sorts of widgets that go into this stuff. Yeah. I have a number of maker friends who are just, they've got their 3d printers going with pet G right now, just cranking out shields and delivering them. Um, right. I, I chatted with, uh, Adafruit, uh, two nights ago for their live event and you know, they're, they're making masks and stuff to help out the city. So um, it's really cool watching the maker community step up and help in any way they can. Heck you know? yeah. No, that's been like one of the inspiring sort of growth, you know, opportunities within this. I mean, I don't like to say we, people are capitalizing on a crisis, but there's these opportunities where there are needs that are that are not being met by the, the larger community that's been in, established forever. And so this is where just people have ideas and they just go with it, which is really, really, really fascinating. Um, so uh, that is a cool one, folks. If you're uh, helloblinkshow.com, that is the Joel Murphy episode. So let's talk a little bit just about production and also just the, the tech side of your show. What, what kind of, what is, you, you mentioned audacity, um, Sean, but uh, where can people find you? And before we close out and do shout outs and where to find you all on, on uh, social and so on, what sort of your production process look like and, and what is your tech backbone? You know, there's many ways to do podcasts these days for the po folks out there who are listening or we want to do a podcast. Can you share any, like I said, insights or, or any tips and tricks uh, that you've found along the way so far? 
Sure. Uh, one, one big one we got from Chris Gamble was, uh, if you can plug into your LAN and not use Wi-Fi, that helps tremendously when you're interviewing people across uh, the internet, because that helps with lag and dropouts and whatnot. Um, another one is Zencaster, uh, Z-E-N-C-A-S-T-R, I believe, is a great tool. Um, if you're using two, if you've got two people on the show, I think it's free. Otherwise, you start up to step up to a I, there might be a time limit as well, but you, st- you step up to like a $20 a month. Um, Harris and I just uh, didn't want to fork over the money quite yet for that one. Um, so instead of doing that, and that does recording and pulls in and syncs your tracks for you. It we used Zencaster really for a few shows when we first started just to test it out. Like we're like, I don't know, we need these remote solutions if we're not having some in the studio. That, that is a cool service. I Zencaster.com. Uh, yeah, that sounds right. Um, and that's cool because they actually send you the local audio file. So they're recording them from somebody's computer. So you don't have to do with like dropouts and whatnot. Um, but so instead of that, we just ask our guests to record locally. I set up like a Google drive and everyone just dumps their wave in there. And then I sync it all in audacity. I do noise reduction. I, um, uh, noise gating. I also uh, slice out silences. Like if somebody like takes a long, long break, I've, there's a tool automatically that's done in Audacity. Now you just be like, highlight the whole thing. Just be like, look for anything that's a longer than a one second thing and just truncate the silence. So oh, Audacity nice. is amazing. As long as you know which buttons to click, like Audacity basically does it for you. Um, I go through and like, we look for curse words and things like that, you know, just sure. try to bleep those out. We try to keep it clean. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Cause then they put an E on you in Spotify and that automatically kind of like it's a gatekeeper effect, right? Where you, yeah. you just lost however many 21 plus people that <laughs> like <laughs> the bulk of your audience probably, right? Let's face it. Sure. Caster, I do notice on their site is, has dropped that two guest max right now in the record for eight hours just during Corona. We'll see how that goes. But otherwise for people who are interested, it's 20 bucks a month and you can get a little better deal if you're interested in that. But the other tip you said was audacity. That's a cool software. I've used that myself yeah. uh, before we use audition for our show for post, just cause I have the creative cloud license. But you know, again, if you're looking to bootstrap it to say what Harris said, you know, where you're got to find a way to um, just be nimble and, and lean. Those are great tools for, for that, for folks yeah. who are interested in starting up a podcast. Yeah. yeah so things the, that we're using. Okay. Uh, so anything else on the audio side? Uh, Authonic.com is what That's I was about using. to say. Yep. Is to do uh, noise, noise leveling, um, oh, nice. which my understanding is audacity just released a version like three days ago that does noise leveling built in. I'm going to play with it, but for now we're using Auphonic.com to do noise leveling and it's a great tool. Nice. Yep. Very cool. Really you do two hours a month of audio for free currently. Uh, on the newsletter side, we're using MailChimp okay, for yeah. social media scheduling. <laughs> Every podcast. Yeah. <laughs> I know. It's MailChimp. <laughs> no, it's easy. And there's another one. If you don't want to, if you don't want to use MailChimp, email Octopus. I've played around before. It's simple. It's nice. No, um, nice. Buffer for scheduling for social oh, yeah. media especially yep. in the beginning, if you don't want to spend a ton of time sort of nursing it, if you don't have any followers, like why spend all day on that Twitter account with no followers. Um, but we've seen more growth there and buffer has helped with that. Uh, and then we use fireside, uh, FM for our hosting. Oh, nice distribution. Fireside has been really awesome. They're an independent company. Uh, the person who started it, uh, he's, he's a really interesting guy. Um, and yeah, there, there, there's, there's concern about like the podcasting space in general about, uh, people looking to kind of wall off, it's right now it's very open and using open standards and right. it's very, uh, it, I think it's very good. It's a healthy ecosystem with lots of different service providers and publishers. And so I think Fireside's a nice hosting service to work with because they're independent. And then we do have separate accounts set up with like Spotify and some other platforms. 
huh. you can see everywhere we're, we're hosting on our site. And then the last thing is we use Basecamp for uh, project management for oh, episodes sure. and scheduling guests and things like that. Um, Crucial when you're sort of not side by side, right? I yeah. Mean, yeah. How else were you going to communicate email? I mean, you could Slack too, but then it just gets lost. Yeah. Basecamp's awesome. It's been super helpful. You're much better about managing Basecamp than I am. So thank well, you. But it takes every of these relationships requires someone who's going to be creative and like up in the clouds and booking and like, whoa, what's this? And then someone's like, we got to hit this deadline and um, this is how we're going to do it. And uh, I'm going to go ahead and tell you when you need to finish your project. You know, like that's how all <laughs> businesses work or, you know, we found that in our space too, in every department. I mean, there's just, it's really important to keep people organized, especially with distributed workforces. It's never been more important. So sure, for sure. I could see how that works for you guys. I appreciate that dynamic. <laughs> I could just see it on the screen. Um, so those are all really good tools. Thank you. Actually, some of them I've known and others are new to me. And this fireside one looks interesting The host for those of you who really want to get out there. I mean, there's some free ones, whether it's SoundCloud anchor or whatever. Um, but you know, this fireside one looks pretty cool and there's some neat sort of features on top of it, which uh, I'm going to dig into a little bit just for my own knowledge on this stuff. Cause I am a podcast geek for sure. Yeah. Um, so one of the ones that, one of the things that we realize is that for site hosting is what Fireside gives us uh, to have that with our site, all of the platforms that offered it were 20 bucks a month. Like we just had to do it if we wanted our own site. Um, and we just liked the features that Fireside gave over some others nice. and their independent business. Well, and you mentioned that open source thing and I joked about the Joe Rogan thing, but that, that, that is interesting, right? Cause like if there's consolidation and conglomeration in podcasts, like the beauty of it is an RSS feed just phew, anywhere. Like our stickers on the mic is like on a hundred different services. And now the problem is I can't measure any of those hundred services, which sucks. But what we do measure is site traffic and we have a coupon on our show that you hear at the top of the bottom. And, and that's one other way, a touch point of like, did we convert on this? I mean, the goal is to share amazing stories and give people really useful business advice, which you all have done, I think in spades today, but then also for stickergiant.com, we are in the business of trying to get people hooked up with good stickers and labels and we want to hook up our guests, but then we're like, Oh good. We got engagement on this. Like it doesn't matter what episode doesn't matter where, but they came through one of our trackable areas and we're very happy about that. Right. Uh, hundred percent. I think with, you know, businesses that unless you're this mega big company that can spend, you know, tons and tons and tons of money on attribution, a lot of times your sales and marketing stuff is going to be on instinct and on hunch. You're going to have some, ROI calculation on some things better than others, but there are things where you just have to go, look, I think this is a good way to get in front of the right people. I think this is a good story. I think this is going to be a good trade show. You know, yeah. I don't know exactly what this is worth, but the time it would take you to calculate it versus sort of just trusting your instinct when you think that it seems like a good use of time. I concur a hundred percent. Um, that's awesome. So, um, we have provided, I think a lot of value today and I really appreciate both of yours time. Um, before we go, though, let's just get your handles and where people can find you if they're interested in learning more before we do the sort of hello blink, all that stuff. Um, just Harris, why don't you? Uh, uh, well, first of all, why is it called hello blink? Actually, as we like, why? Where did that come from? The name? That's my last question. Sean, he wants you to answer this, man. <laughs> so I'll, I'll feel this one. Yeah, absolutely. So I'm going to feel this one. Sorry, I was looking like I was a little. That's okay. Problem there. We all have three screens um, in front of we us. We were trying to. We, we were. There we go. Uh, we were brainstorming ideas, and we settled on this on this thing that is Hello World, which is kind of generally your first programming 
assignment for any language, you'll run hello world and it prints it to the screen and you, you know, you celebrate, yay, I made it compile or I made it do whatever. Um, and then the hello world in the electronics world for doing embedded systems, microcontrollers is usually what they call blink or blinky, where you just flash an led and that's the uh, analog, if you will. Um, I guess pun intended for that one. Uh, so it was kind of this idea of like, well, we wanted to inspire people to start something and we knew we we're going after the tech crowd. We knew we we're going to go after these electronics, these programmers who were looking at starting their own business. So we kind of figured something like hello and blinky would, you know, resonate with them a little bit. And it, you know, it met all the SEO criteria of not being, already on Google. So we, we, we searched it. We made sure like, okay, if somebody hears of hello blink show and they type into Google, they're probably going to land on our site first rather than get buried in something, something else. Right. Nice. That's great. So there you go. That's, that's the, the origin story of hello blink. Um, Harris, where can everybody find you personally on all the, on the socials? Yeah. So I'm uh, on Twitter at Harris Kenny and then uh, I'm on LinkedIn as well, but Twitter's kind of my main, uh, my main spot. Nice. Twitter is fun. <laughs> it's my preferred place to live. Uh, Sean, where can everyone find you? Uh, Twitter's kind of my main spot as well. So I'm at Sean Hemel, first and last name, no space, no underscore. The I'm also on LinkedIn and I've got a YouTube channel. I post maybe once every couple of months to that. Um, I'm hoping to start posting more. Most of the stuff is just it's just a repository where I point to my other videos that I've done for clients. Um, but I'm hoping to ramp up my own videos, my own um, site and my site is seanhemail.com. So hopefully more tutorials, more of my own stuff soon. Nice. And then, uh, where can folks find the show? That is hello blink show.com. Nice. All one word, all lowercase. Not nice. that it matters. And then they're at hello blink on Twitter. And then there's hello underscore blink underscore show on Instagram. If you're interested in checking them out oh, there. Oh, don't, don't get Harris started on that story. I'm, I'm sorry. So, uh, I'm so I'm frustrated sorry. with Facebook and Instagram and their account creation. <laughs> oh my gosh. Uh, that right. was like many mental cycles. If you're going to set up, if you're doing something, you're going to set up a business account on or set up an account on Instagram, be very careful how you do it. Because if, if their servers mess it up somehow, you'll get locked out of the account forever. And it doesn't matter how many times you ask. So, uh, that's why I don't have Sean email. It's exact same reason I don't have Sean email on Instagram. My Instagram is Sean underscore email because Instagram messed up when I traded my own account. It's like a known bug. Never fixed it. Yeah, yeah it's, it's a known bug. It won't fix we, it. We all have beef with with some way, shape, or form. Um, so that's awesome. Thank you guys so much for joining us. Uh, many takeaways for the aspiring podcasters and folks who are interested in business and growth. And I highly recommend checking out their show to listen in and maybe you'll get some tips there and, and connect with them. So thank you guys so much for your time today. It was really great to meet you virtually at Boulder Startup Week and then continue this conversation. I think dig in a little bit more than, uh, and that was really my goal here. So I think we, we were able to accomplish that, which is pretty awesome. Um, yeah, this was great. Yeah. So you all have a good, yes. Oh, Honestly, and thank you for being customers, uh, both from your show and your businesses. We appreciate that. That We just love the maker community and the tech community here is a big uh, part of, of who and what we are. It's a big part of our DNA. So we appreciate the support. So thank you, everybody, for listening in. As always, I'm Andrew from the marketing team here at Sticker Giant, and we will see you next time. And as we always say, every sticker has a story. What's yours? Thank you.
That wraps up this episode of Stickers on the Mic, brought to you by StickerGiant.com. You can download us on Spotify, iTunes, Google Play, SoundCloud, or your favorite podcatcher. If you enjoy what you're hearing, please leave us a review. It helps us reach new listeners and share our customers' sticker stories. And if you're inspired to create your own stickers or labels, head over to StickerGiant.com to check out our options and use the coupon PODCAST to take 20% off your first item. Thanks again for listening to Stickers on the Mic. 